to the What The Fork podcast. It is finally back and we are here to get right into the swing of things with a Sunland AFC season preview before you get all of the usual double dose of previews and reactions throughout the season from this week onwards. Um, today, it's going to be full of predictions, mainly thoughts, occasionally, and excitement all throughout. And to join me are a few fellas, first and foremost, uh, going into his third season with uh, What The Fork, Dave. Uh, three seasons we're heading into now. Why are we still doing this? I'm not quite sure. There's been plenty of discussion around it over the uh, over the last season or so. But I guess when it becomes well, either or actually, it's quite nice not being uh, quite nice not being mediocre, isn't it? We either go very good as evidenced last season, or very terrible as we experienced the two seasons before that. And um, yeah. It's a bit of excitement. We either console each other or we absolutely buzz off the chats after the game. So, yeah, here we go again and hope for, hope for an improvement again. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Ever since uh, you've joined Dave and you, Brad, which I'm going to introduce you in just a moment, it's also your third season. We've only ever been in playoff scraps. Um, Brad, three years for yourself as well. Uh, should we just stop or should we continue with it? What do you think? No, no, we'll keep going. Um, delighted to have signed a new contract. It's uh, always it's... been a dream of mine. I listened to you growing up. Um, it's something I always aspired to to be part of, and I'm just delighted that I can extend my stay with you. Um, yeah, and we've we've brought on a youngin since since we got going, so it's nice to bring a bit of youth in there. Um, albeit he doesn't look that young with that hairline. <laughs> I was going but... to say, <laughs> I was waiting for um, that. No, uh, it's good to be good to be back for the third season. It's good for you to still want us to be around. Um, like Dave said, it's we're there to console each other and get the aggression out, or we're there to to buzz off each other. And I hope it's the latter for the season ahead. Um, but yeah, all good. Sometimes I listen back to the Stoke preview when we got beat five one. No review, sorry, last year, and I remember what exactly why we do it. I'm absolutely smashed. If anyone wants to listen back to it, I, I'm actually slurring my words throughout and it's it's relatively funny in hindsight. Um, you had to be there, I think. Ross, it's your second season. So uh, again, another renewed contract. Uh, kind of playing the Corey Evans role in a way, like, you know, just year to year. But um, you're still here. You're still, <laughs> I think, enjoying it. How are you doing? By the way, your head looks like an orange. If he's playing the Corey Evans role, does that mean I absolutely hated him and slated the life out of him and gradually he got a little bit better? We weren't going to tell him about that. Oh, God. What can I say? It's it's nice to make me loan deal permanent at the end of the season. Um, I think I earned it. A few good performances. Missed a bit with injuries and water delays, but here we are, ready for the new season. And to be fair, I don't think I did too bad. I, brought a, I think I raised the level on the pitch. I, I don't know how, but we just seemed to raise the level as soon as I joined. Somebody at the match. Somebody at the match. Nothing to do with speaking. Somebody at the match the other day told me that you were, uh, oh, I like Ross. He brings that kind of intelligent football stuff and immediately knew that guy never listened to the podcast. Um, scandalous. Scandalous, but factual. Um, Makes Dave, you see me family there, though. Well, you've obviously paid the money for that. Um, Dave, I know obviously not all of us went to the game. I know that we don't always catch the pre-seasons and stuff. I went down, obviously, on Saturday. Um, I know you caught the first half, Dave, but it was probably the best half, to be honest. Bit of a Mallorca debrief um, we'll have before we go into predictions, previews and whatnot. But uh, what did you make of the game on, on Saturday? Obviously, we're recording Monday night, so we haven't played Hartlepool yet. 
I'm uh, I'm glad you said it was uh, about the, the football on Saturday because I could give you a few Mallorca debriefs from over the years when I was a kid, if you wanted. Good old BTM. <laughs> or Bananas, personal favourite of mine. Uh, football, yeah, first half was, was all I saw and then I caught some highlights from the second half. Uh, I thought we looked very good. I thought, well, Gonna give it the old uh, bull and matador um, analogy, just just for anyone who loves it. They came and were very aggressive. Um, I didn't realise they'd finished ninth in La Liga last year, so came from decent stock. Um, and I thought we played well. Um, a few tweaks here and there. I know Equa played in the in the hold and anchor, and and Joe played a little bit further up front. We look a bit, dare I say, we look a bit more physical. We look a bit more fit. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. And I, I think I've heard a few people whisper it, but I'm claiming it before the game on Saturday. Uh, I reckon Hemi is going to get close to 20 goals this season. I'm not saying he'll quite do it, and that's big expectation, but it's quite nice seeing a corner, albeit it went short first and foremost, straight after the ball went in the box and we scored. How long did it take us last year? So, yeah, really enjoyed watching it. Um, Pato seems to have grown a little bit in, in stature as well. Seems to have filled himself out a little bit. 09 doing 09 things. We, <laughs> we, we've come to expect that by now. Try Hume, very good footballer. Yeah, really excited, to be fair. Yeah, it does feel really positive heading into the season. And I sort of echo what you're saying about Himea, um and Job as well, I think. My big take from the game on Saturday was like there was some nice fancy football in the first half. Obviously, second half for Kimbras and, and stuff a bit, but I think I knew we could play good football. I think the big take for me was that the sides of a few of the lads on the pitch. Um, obviously, Ballard was back, Brad, and Hamia's up there, and Job was playing at that number 10 role. So you had like a lot of height. Actually, Bellingham's huge um, for his age, but. Hamir obviously gets the headlines, another goal. We talked about him in the show last week about the preview show, uh, sorry, the preseason show. Look, the seasons when it really matters, doesn't matter if he scored 50 goals in preseason, but um, it certainly looks like maybe one of our weak spots last year, Brad, um, going by the, the Mallorca game. Has, and maybe preseason as, as, a, as a whole has been maybe identified with some big physical lads that are, you know, able to mix it. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, we touched on it last week. Um, we addressed... The reason why we didn't get the Wembley, which was high physicality, and it's actually starting to show that with a with a bigger lad up front, we can, like you say, get a goal from a corner. Danny Bart scored from a corner as well. Just shows what what we what we were missing. Um, but it was nice to see. I mean, I didn't see a lot of the game. I've watched a bit back. It was good that we weren't always just playing the lovely football we came accustomed to last season. Pato would be able to get the ball and we were able to go along quite quickly, miss out the midfield. Hamia was able to bring it down his chest and we were on the front foot straight away, something which we've seen. You can count on two hands, really, how, what we were able to do that last season. Um, so it's exciting that Mowbray has been able to bring him into the team and we've been able to change, albeit in pre-season, but we've been able to change from playing the silky football to playing long football if we need to. Um, so that, that gives me a lot of confidence. And look, the boy has scored four in pre-season and forced an own goal, maybe. So three and forced an own goal. Yeah, um, he's 19-year-old. So he'll take that as a lot of confidence. And I'm with Dave. I think he'll get close to 20, if not exceed 20. 
and he'll be the surprise package in the league this season. Yeah, um, I, I've got to admit I was really impressed with him. Um, mainly impressed with him running off the substitutes bench to defend Luke O'Nine and batter everyone that was in the way. Um, for a 19-year-old kid defending his teammates after a couple of pre-season games, they're very happy with that. But um, obviously the person that got absolutely walloped um, on Saturday with that absolutely shocking tackle, by the way, Ross, was was Luke O'Nine. But um, I think everyone's seen the tackle and seen the skirmish afterwards. I think we're all kind of okay with it. Um, O'Nine, though. Five years at something today at the time of speaking. Uh, great servant, and it looks like he's going to be in the team again next year and, and obviously proving himself once more. Yeah, um, I think every time I've personally doubted him, he then comes up trumps again. He's done that quite a lot. He can cover a multitude of positions. He's very adaptable. Um, and I think that's what Mowbray really likes about him, how many positions he played centre-mid against QPR, centre-back in a two, centre-back in a three, he even covered it right back. He's played everywhere that season. I feel like his adaptability is what managers love and every manager's really liked him. So it'll be good. It's good to have somebody with continuity there as well. Like how many times over the years did we just have turnover and churn players? And he seems, he's a lot of young lads, you need leaders in there and he seems to me like a leader. And out of nowhere from when he came here as a young lad, he's now one of the oldest steady heads in the group. So... Yeah, and it looks like it was reported there um, that it looks like he's going to get a new deal. So that would be canny because I think he's only got a year left after this. Yeah, more than happy with him getting a new deal. Um, I think Roberts needs to be on the agenda as well. And obviously, uh, I don't know whether something that accidentally leaked the Pato signs yesterday. I don't know what the heck that was. If no one knows what I'm talking about, go on Twitter. It's, it makes more sense to me discussing it. Brad, a bit of obviously... Uh, Bad news, I suppose, is the fact that we've signed a brand new striker. He's played one played one transition, done one transition, ripped his hamstring out for two months. Uh, is that the most Sunderland thing ever, Brad? Based on last season, yeah. Um, I'm surprised he didn't pull it on the plane on the way hour. It's a shame. Um, don't know anything about the lad, to be honest with you. So, but yeah, it's a shame for him. More than more than us, because um, I don't think he was there to start the season. He was there and maybe he's growing it. It's 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 just a bit of a, a nightmare start for him, really. But I think we we're going to have to bring in another striker anyway. Um, had he been fit, like I say, I don't think he was there to to really to start the season and start banging them in for us straight away. But it's up the ante, shall we say, to 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 get this new striker in before the season starts because we can't go in just with him here because. Like you say, we are Sunderland. I don't want to tempt fate, but for me, it starts on Saturday, uh, Sunday, and the worst happens. We're back to square one. So, yeah, it it it, it is a crying shame for him. But look, we have to get on with it. Can't really do much about it now. I think when you're looking at obviously the season as a whole, uh, sorry, the pre-season as a whole, you're looking at. Himia when he came off, I think it was Benetti that went up front and it, yeah, didn't it didn't really work. So yeah, I think I'd like a new striker to come in as well there. Um one person we haven't really touched on yet, Dave, and obviously we're going to get into the the preseason predictions and whatnot. But Bradley Dak, uh, I'm happy with that. I'm more than happy with the sign-in. I think it's all right. I think mainly not because I'm really excited that it's Bradley Dak. I think he could be a really good signing. I've wanted experience. He definitely brings that. Yes, there's the negatives of the... the I think he's had two ACLs. 
But he's on a one-year contract. Um, I understand the wages aren't massively high and the option, if he is really good for us and does do us a service, we can extend that by an extra year. But for me, Dave Bradley, Dax, uh, it's good signing in, in the context of how we've signed him, do you think? Massively. Um, certain people who I know won't, uh, won't appreciate us making positive comments about certain people. But uh, he wants to... He wants to go and play in the Premier League. He realises he hasn't got too too long left, probably. Um, Sunderland are definitely uh, definitely keen on a return to the Premier League. I think it's definitely in the... I think playoffs is probably what they've secretly said behind the scenes. Um, so Dak will realise this could be a shot at, at the Premier League from... Uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a great move for certain members of the squad. I can imagine a, a, a Joe Bellingham learning a lot from a Bradley Dack. He's had a long career. Um, he's still not old by any stretch of the imagination, but he will he will fit in that senior senior part of the team. Um, him and Corey Evans have worked together before. Him and Tony Mowbray have worked together before. So, yeah, a lot of positives, low risk. I'd imagine he's took a pay cut to come play at Sunderland, which means that he probably wants to be here. Um I think it was a couple of free pasties for Olivia and Greggs and Bridges, to be fair, but anything will swing a deal nowadays. I just want to point out, if anyone says that we can't convince players to come to the club because their wives don't want to sign for Sunderland, don't want to live in Sunderland, well, Olivia Atwood now lives, well, potentially might live in Southwick. Uh, <laughs> Can't confirm or deny if that is true. Um, I would never give away the addresses of people. But um, yeah, no, more the point. Brilliant. Well done, Olivia. Thanks for open sticks and letting Bradley move to the club. Unless he's rubbish, then please just go back. Um, Ross, we'll, we'll get onto the uh, obviously the the preseason predictions, preview and stuff if you want. But I think, you know, simple question. How do you how do you see the season going? Um, I think we had a good discussion last year about how it would go and we said a free hit. Obviously, it's a different kettle of fish now. So how do we approach it? How do you think we will get on with it? Well, I think the club speaking especially said that we want to go the next step, the next level. And if getting to the playoffs is then from where we were and to go to the next step, then it's got to be promotion, hasn't it? You know, I think I think we re, we we underestimated how good the individuals we signed last season were and how quick the players from League One would step up. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm a bit nervous with the window still open. Because to me, we need three or four at a push more in, and I still think the squad's quite a size. So there will, there will have to be departures. I'm hoping it's just loans so that are young lads, but it wouldn't surprise me if one or two did depart. Um, as long as they're replaced and we bring in quality in the positions that we require, then I'm I'm excited because I think last season we showed without a forward, we can really have a go at teams at this level, and we did it with no centre-backs for the last, like, eight games. So we signed well. We've signed physical players, which was good because it's been mentioned a hundred times over. That was our weak link last season. We conceded loads from set-pieces, even with Barton Ballard there because the rest of the team were still small. We brought in players in that area who were taller. And I just feel like now, as a club... On the pitch, never forget off it, but on the pitch, it feels like we're ready to have a good go for it. And 
I think to me it'll all depend on our home form. It's got to improve. It was poor last season, so if we can with with a focal point, I think that that'll make a difference. But yeah, I'm I'm excited, but with a tinge of scepticism over the transfer window and what's going to happen in the next few weeks. Yeah, I think so too. It's like because when I was writing these <clears throat> questions down and, and asking obviously your opinions, there was part of me that was like, I don't feel like. A, the squad's finished, and I mean that in a positive and a negative. Um, I feel like we might be able to hang on to Jack Clark if the only person interested is Burnley. I was worried that he'd had been turned. But obviously they're bringing Andres Townsend and they brought in Nathan Redmond, so you've got to hope that, you know, maybe Jack Clark will look at that and think, no, uh, there's still question marks on Ross Stewart. There's potentially still question marks on Danny Bart, because um, I don't really know where that went, but... Obviously, I agree. Yeah, I think there's a way to go with the transfer window and it's it's kind of hard to judge. But what I do want to ask, and I'll, I'll pop this one to Brad, we have made a fair number of sign-ins. Obviously, Mienda, I think is the way you pronounce it, he is injured. Um, Hamir, we've touched on already. Who do you see has been our like, sort of key sign-ins? Maybe Hamir, I think, is the obvious, but outside of that? Uh, well, yeah, it's got to be Hamir, really. But for me, I think the key deal that we've pulled this summer is tying Chris Rigg down. Because I think he, he from the bits I've seen on the the weekend, I mean, he took three of their players out without even touching the ball. <laughs> One flick and he's away. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't really seen enough of the other players. Triantis, he's just, he's been like late coming in, um, sealed, injured. Played and I think he's injured again. Um, but for me, I think the kid, the, the key sign in this summer was was tying Chris Wig. Um, because he, he knows he's got a couple of years scholarship now. I mean, next season, he knows if he gets a good season under his belt this year, he'll be offered a full professional contract next season, whether it be with us or other clubs coming in to look at him. So this is a key season for him, and I just think he looks absolutely outstanding. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a. Bold claim I'm going to make, but you know me, I make big, bold claims. I think he's got all the early attributes of a young Paul Gascoigne when I watch him play. I think he's that good. What? Uh, drinking? Or playing football? <laughs> he's not old enough to drink yet, so I wouldn't know that one yet. Um, <laughs> That's true, actually. I, God, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> he still has to get the lads to go, but to go to the bathroom. Um... <laughs> No, I, I I do seriously think he, he's the key signing this season for us. Um, but outside of that, players coming into the club, you can't look any further than what Hemi has done pre-season. I mean, you only you can only judge on what you've seen in pre-season. But him's basically been brought in to score goals and lead the lead the attack, and he's been doing that. Is only a positive. So I, I see him as being the key signing at the moment. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think I kind of asked a question, sort of knew that Hemi was going to be. The main one, I think it's it's kind of obvious from what we've seen so far. And I think just in the context of the team at the moment, we knew how important a striker was. He's our only striker. So he's obviously pivotal and he's been scoring goals. But I, I agree with Chris Rigg. I think, you know, I don't want to be too expectant of him so far, but you can see the kid sort of enjoys playing football. The way he took like those three players out was just like outstanding for a kid of 16. Um, I don't think he looks as small as he did when he first came in. And I think... Having nine subs, 
it'll give you there's, there's been games last year where we were like quite comfortable and a couple of goals up you can give him those 10 50 minutes here there to get a bit of experience and stuff like that gain his confidence a bit even more um but you can probably also bring him on to try and change games in the last 20 minutes and you can probably start him in cup games i think for him it's going to be an ideal season and his progression um fingers crossed at the end but he's still with us but um obviously you can see the kid's got an awful lot of talent dave i'll I'll ask you the same question. I think we'll all probably admit here that Hamia is going to be probably the key sign that the players we brought in so far. But outside of Hamia, you know, where do you see the key signings being? That can also include, you know, the likes of Chris Rigg, if you prefer the way the way Brad spoke with the, the new contract. Um, it, it's a hard one. To, it's a hard one to analyse, really. Like Brad said, Hamia, we we've probably seen most of. Um, Bellingham looks like a, a big, strong, fit lad, athletic, um, but still not that old as he just turned 18, I think. Um, I think he's still 17, mate, to be honest. Still 17, yeah. I, I, knew, he, I knew he wasn't that old. So, it, interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, I'm not suggesting he's anywhere near as, uh, as good as Jude was at that age, but Jude was probably 17, 18, having that breakthrough season at Birmingham before he then went to Dortmund, wasn't he? So, like Job's in the in the same age bracket. It'd be interesting to see where he goes for the season. Uh but I guess it's intrigue. For me, I still think the the signings of the season, people have been expecting it for the last 20 minutes of listening. But the two signings of the season that I'd love to see would be Roscoe and Patrick Roberts, if I'm honest. Um I think they're the the elder statesmen of the squad. I think they bring a lot of quality to the squad. And I'd love to see them tied down. I, I think I, I've seen that many opinions on things with Roscoe at the minute and Southampton's apparently shelved their interest. Interesting that they had such a, a big interest for, for where he's at and what he's been doing. But I'd, I'd love to see us tie them down. And if if we did get towards the, the final third of the season and we needed a bit of experienced heads to to get us over the line and I think people like that would be massive for the football club plus the fact that I think they're very very talented footballers um, and have less chance of burning out at the age that they're at of course people's going to throw back in my direction Roscoe's been in there been injured a couple of times but people are loving the Bradley Dack signing and he's had a couple of big injuries so we've got to have a bit of equilibrium somewhere Um yeah, Brad makes a good point. They're not players that come in, but there's not too much to there's not too much to go on with anyone else, is there? Um, yeah, Hemia, I, I really like the look of him. I've made a bold statement as well with the with I think he'll get close to 20, 20 goals this season. So yeah, and I'm I'm gonna shelve as much as I can about Chris Rigg. It's a great great signing again, tied down for two years. But I do worry that he's gonna he's gonna force himself into the first team very quickly this year. As much as uh, Tony Mowbray might not like it, I think he's gonna. I think he's got something exceptionally special about him, and I can't see him keeping him out too long. And I think that unfortunately, yeah, brings the vultures around for for us. Which is it's nice that we're being noticed for the right reasons now, because there wasn't too many people after Charlie White at one point, was there? But fingers crossed. I think I think with Chris Rigg, I, I kind of agree. I think if the kid's got the talent that, you know, obviously the scouts and 
people seem to think he has. I mean, he's the under-18s England captain, I think, um, or under-19s maybe. But if he does reach the potential you want him to reach, it's kind of one of those, dare I say his name these days, because I, I actually I'm not the biggest fan of him at the moment, but Jordan Henderson, um, you know, he's gone on to bigger and better things in Sunderland and, and, and won everything that is to be won. And, you know, if he goes on and has a career, like anything like that, or more so, I suppose you just enjoy the, the season or two seasons he's here, and then go onwards. You know, a, a bit like Jude Bellingham at um, at Birmingham. I'm sure Birmingham fans would love to see him back. But when you see him two years after he's played for your club in the Championship, playing for Real Madrid, you kind of just go, "Well, fair enough." Um, I think if he performs anywhere near the level of his potential in two seasons he's with us, it'll be a it'll be a joy to see him. I just I really hope the kid um, fulfills his potential. Um, I really, really do. And I hope like we get to see some of that um in the over the next couple of years. Ross, obviously, we've said, you know, I think Kim Year is the obvious signing. I think I agree with Dave. I would love to see Ross sign a new contract. I've made no secret of that. Uh, I think Roberts is hugely important to sign a contract as well. Um, but I think it's a difficult season in many ways. And we spoke last season about um, you know, what comes next season because the expectation have been has been raised that high. We said we think behind closed doors it might be a playoff push, but should we be aiming higher or is it a dangerous position? The fact that, you know, as fans, we're now expecting, I think, minimum playoffs and maybe, you know, without Diallo and, you know, things aren't, don't always go as perfectly as they did last season. Is there a danger that maybe we're being too expectant as well? Um, I don't know. I think it's hard to judge because it all depends for me on the, the teams, how the teams coming down do. Like last season, Watford and Norwich shit the bed, didn't they? It absolutely stunk the place out. Whereas I, from on paper, you look at the squads of Leicester in particular and you think like, they've got to be up there in it. They've got to be. like, And if not, something's seriously gone wrong. So, yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they do, all the clubs that came down. For us, Ahmad was a match winner. But then we also didn't have strikers, so it, it, it's like for what we've lost, we've gained. So it, it's it's going to be tough to replace what Ahmad does, but at the same time, we've then got other options to win games and score goals, which we didn't have previously. So it's it's a it's a catch twenty two, isn't it? You, you'll uh, we'll have to see how it goes. But I, I I think, as I say, if we if we can rectify our home form, then there's no there's no reason why we can't challenge at the top. Brad, that's a really good point. Um, probably got overlooked a little bit by the fact that I went and beat Luton and then lost the away game without scoring, which is something that we basically didn't do all season. We scored every away game and won more away from home. Um, but I think that could be key to this being a really successful season in terms of promotion, couldn't it, Brad? Keeping the away form, I mean, all right, look, last year's was exceptional, but if we can get anywhere near that and then really improve the home form and really make the, the home form like, you know, the stadium like a fortress, that that could be really the difference between us having a successful season that might see us talking about a Premier League season next season as opposed to, I was going to say, another season in the Championship after the four seasons in League One. That doesn't sound as bad as it maybe used to do, but I think ultimately our aim is going to be the Premier League, but the home form is going to determine whether that's this season or the next few years, I think, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, there was an issue last season, and 
I think Tony Mowbray addressed it. I say February, March time. He said something needs to be done about the home form. He knew that long in advance. So I'd, I'd like to think that we're planning for that as well. Um, a lot of that does come down to the character of the players, I think. Um, I don't know if the pressure maybe has got to them a little bit much or it was solely because we didn't have a striker and we were trying to play out from the back. And when teams come to us, rightly or wrongly, they do bank, put a few more banks behind the ball and it was harder to break down. Um, so having this new option of a, a big front, hopefully a couple that are there, should see us be able to, to to improve the home form, be able to at least if one system isn't working, change it. Where last year, I don't think we had that issue. Uh, we didn't have that um, option and it did become a bit of a hindrance. And then when we were going away from home, teams were more likely to come at us and we were able to pick them off by playing that type of football. So I would like to think that we can replicate the away form. It might not be as good, but if we get within nine to 12 points of what we picked up away from home and seriously improve the home form, then we will be within a chance. Because look, I mean, I think we finished the season third or fourth in the away table, which is outstanding, really. But if you can finish around eighth, to fifth or sixth in the away table, but really be up there with the big boys in the, in the home form, you're going to give yourself a real chance. And I think that the calibre of player like, like Bradley Dak coming in, is one of them that can sort of steady it, get, give like give you that experience on how to how to win games because he's more of the attacking experience. Um, Corey Evans was more like it, keeping keeping that def- the, the defense just in front of the defense, keeping them level headed and right. But Bradley Dax that experience that could maybe drive us forward if the games aren't going and going our way as well. So. Yeah, the home form is going to be massive. Look, I don't want to sit there. How many we win at home last season was it? Seven or eight at the at the most. I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but it wasn't too many. Yes, we were entertained. The football was excellent. We picked up probably too many draws at home, which on another day we said if we had a striker, if we had a big lad up front, we'd have turned them into wins. But with the strike that's come in, see who else comes in, we, we can hopefully address that and turn some of them draws into wins and be happy at the stage of my life. Dave? I think we'll go like a bit of a quick fire round here because I think we it's it's such a monopoly of a season compared to last year where you had a bit more to get your teeth into. I think this season, because of last season's unexpected playoff finish and the fact that I don't think that Windows seen Sunderland squad is gonna end the season, shall we say, or, or at least start the season properly in like September time. It's kind of hard to judge, if we're honest, uh, which I suppose defeats the point of the podcast. So thanks very much, everyone. Uh, but one one thing I kind of I want to ask Dave is straightforward question. Where where do you think we will finish this season? I'm probably I'm probably gonna surprise a few people um and say that I think think we finished about 22nd. Nah, I'm just joking. Uh, I actually think we're gonna finish second. I have no idea why, but I really, really, really fancy us this year. Uh, to the point that I've had a, I've had a bit of a punt on it. I've had, I've had fifty quid each way at uh, at twenty to one. So yeah, going all the way with it. Really, really fancy us to do well. I think we play good football. I think we've addressed a few things, and it's a big ask because whoever alluded to it earlier, um, Southampton, Leicester, they're going to be strong. Not so worried about Leeds, although we all know how much of a cauldron that game is going to be home and away. 
uh, yeah, really fancies to finish second. Uh, Ross, same question to you, mate. I think we'll finish fourth and win the playoffs. I was going to say, is it then a successful playoff or is it not a successful? Do you know, it's, we... m- it's mad though when you listen to this season compared to last season, our predictions. It's almost like we're terrified of seeing anything less than playoffs. Yeah, I feel like we've both well, set the mark now. We've set the bar. You've got to, you know, the day without sounding full Gary Neville, but we're Sunland in the championship. Like, we should be aiming for the playoffs once you've got the squad there. It's where we were last season. And I just feel like if we get the playoffs, we'll be better for it. And we'll, we'll win We'll win the lot. We've got rid of the Wembley hoodoo, so fuck it. Uh, this is the thoughts of Ross Black, not what the fuck podcast. Um, Brad, same question to you. You said playoffs last year. You're one position off. You said fifth to remind everyone we finished sixth, obviously. Um, I have a feeling that I know where you're going to tip us this season because you are more optimistic than most, but go on, surprise me. Well, I said it after the Luton one where I think we'll finish. I'm not going to change. We're going to finish third, so I'm going right in the middle of you two. Um, I think we'll be in and around with a shout until the last three or four games. And whoever's in the top two might pick up a couple of results, which will just pull them a bit clear. But I will also... I will use the same words as what I said last season at some point. We'll get into the playoffs and we will spank the boa. Um, No, seriously. I'd I'd quickly mention the Middlesbrough. I don't think they'll be anywhere near. I don't know why people are tipping them. Um, Three of their best players last season were loan players and they aren't coming back. So I I can't understand the optimism. But uh, hey-ho, this is a Sunderland podcast, not a smoggy one. Um, I think we'll finish third. And we will be in the top two for a bit of the season. But I just think we'll fall short. But I agree with Ross. I think we'll go up via the playoffs. So I've wrote down, because next question's I've got to give it away anyway. Uh, I don't know if this is head or heart, but I'll just say it anyway and I'll let you lot decide if you think it's head or heart. I have a sneaky suspicion, very similar to Dave, that we're going to finish second. Um, Truthfully, it's not a head or heart. It's more of a gut feeling. Um, my gut's normally wrong, so don't take anything from that. But uh, and and I think a lot of how we start the season will be really, really important, as it always is. You know, for want of a cliche, it's how you start the season, also how you finish it. But I think momentum's massive in football, and I think momentum is half the reason that we had such a good season last season because we came in and started quite well. Um, won games against experienced championship sides. So my next question is going to be regarding the first month of the season. I'll stick with you, Dave, for this one. I'll go in the reverse order last time. First four games of the season, Ipswich at home, Preston away, Rotherham at home, Coventry away. How many points do we get from the first four games? Oh, interesting. Um, I'm going to go with... Absolutely wild. I'm, I need pegging down a bit because I'm not normally this optimistic. I'm uh, I'm going to go with 10 points, I reckon. And I'm going to give, I'll even call it, I think it's the Cov game where we drop two points. So I think we're on for three, three wins from the first three. I really fancy us. Oh, I'm asking for trouble here and I hope there's no Ipswich. Uh, I presume you'll be on with a preview at some point. But I really fancy us to spank Ipswich 4-0 next week. 
I have no idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I, I know we're an audio pod, podcast, as we keep saying, but uh, we are on camera with each other, and the, la- <laughs> the lad's reaction there is absolutely priceless. But yeah, I really fancy us to get off for a really, really fast start. I fancy 4-0 on, uh, on Sunday, and yeah, 10 from the first 12 points. Uh, uh, Ross, same question. Minimum seven. Minimum I'm asking, seven. I'm not asking for a minimum. I'm asking for an actual. You don't go to the bookies, Dean. Go. I think Sunderland will finish minimum seventh. But if, if they go above that, I want more money. No. Put, put your, you be Graham Sooners, get your flag, put it in the middle of the pitch. Uh, seven then. I'm going to stick to seven. Seven. I just feel like as, as, we, as we find our feet, I feel like seven would be until we get our full squad. In summer window done. I think seven will be a good start as long as at least one of the wins is at home. Yeah. To get the crowd on, on side. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think it'll come on Sunday, hopefully. Um well, is anyone else shit scared of Broadhead though? No. Just me. Oh well, sorry. Nah, not really. I think I think don't get me wrong, I actually really rate Broadhead, but I think if look, if Nathan Broadhead is a problem for us on Sunday, we can stop thinking about getting promoted. Because realistically, he's nowhere near one of the best strikers in this league. Um, I'm a bit more concerned about Ellis Sims a few weeks after. Um, Brad, I'll tell you what I'm going for. I'm going to go for. I was going to go for nine. I think I'm going to go for seven and try and be a bit more realistic. Uh, are you going to go twelve? Are you going to be Mister Realistic? <laughs> nine. And yeah, the I game, that. I think we'll lose. I think we we'll get beat off if switch. Oh, bloody hell, man. And I, I don't know why, because everything else is screaming that we are going to get off to a good start. I just think that will be a kick up the arse because we've had a good pre-season. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope it is 12. But I have a sneaky feeling it'll be very edgy at the weekend. And it might just give us a wake-up call and a bit of a kick up the backside. And I think we'll pick up nine points. I take the nine and it get bit of a switch to be fair, rather than seven over the four. So um final question, I think we'll give some of the positions away here. And well, I certainly have anyway, Dave has, but I want you all, we didn't do this last season, um, to pick your top three and your bottom three. I've got a bit of a shocker in here that I think I'm gonna be wrong with. And I'm gonna throw this to uh Ross. I want you to pick. When I say your top three, I mean your two promoted teams and then who wins the playoffs. Obviously, you've said Sunderland, so you can give me a... Actually, you can give me a, a top three. Oh, did you say Sunderland third? No, you said fourth. Fourth. Aye. What? So, pick the, why don't you just pick your promoted teams instead of top three? That makes more sense. Aye, 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 aye. Um, promoted, I'm going to say... Leicester. Southampton of the keep Ward Prowse. Sunderland. Relegated, I'd say Rotherham, um, Cardiff, and oh, this is a tough one. I'm not really sure. There's so many like meh teams, aren't there? Sheffield Wednesday because they've had a shocker since getting promoted. How on earth? Why on earth did would you get rid of Darren after everything you've done? Just baffles my mind. Just a nice guy. Great guy. He's a lovely lad, isn't he? Just a nice lad. 
just just a nice lad. Uh, Barry Bannon, no. no, I mean, no, Barry Bannon, no. Dave, same question to you. Top three, bottom three. Uh, so I think we're going with Leicester as champions, Sunderland in second, to win via the playoffs. I think I'm going to go. I really fancy a bit of a, a bit of a different one this year. Um, I'm going to say Southampton miss out in the playoffs, probably the playoff final. Um, ooh, I tell you what, I'll go back to my third team. My bottom three are very similar to Ross. To be fair, I think Chef Wed instead of Cardiff, I'm going QPR. I think they're woeful, um, and I fancy Rotherham to go down as well. Uh, go up through the playoffs. I'm gonna. Do you want to know something? I'm gonna put it out there. I don't know why. I think they've done a bit of good business, and it's still the same man in charge. I reckon Coventry. Coventry might just sneak in there. So I'm gonna go Coventry to beat Southampton in the playoff final. Brad, same question. Uh, just looking at the teams. Actually, we're talking. Um. Oh, it's the, the expert, expert opinion of what the folk podcast. We have no idea who anyone else has signed. We don't care who anyone else has signed. Leicester might be all right. We think Southampton might be good, and Rotherham are probably going to be shy. Um, but we know nothing about football, so don't come at us. We know nothing about football. Very similar to the second tier podcast. I think we'll go up by the playoffs, because I've already made that prediction. I think Southampton will finish second. And just because of the new manager, I know that they aren't looking great. I think Leeds might actually win the league. So I think Daniel Farkin does know how to get out of this league. Um, mm, yeah, I'll stick with them. I'll go with them. Um, relegated, bottom of the league, Stoke. That <laughs> stupid bald man. <laughs> Not you, us, Alex Neal. Um, no. Uh, I actually think the three to go down will be QPR. I think Plymouth. And I have a sneaky feeling West Brom are going to be down there. Oh, that's some Because challenge. they've lost some players and they aren't signing very many. And I think they are in a lot of trouble at the moment. Things might change, but at this moment in time, I can't see West Brom having a very good season. So I'm going to stick with them three as well. So... I've said where I think Sunderland are going to finish, so second. I think it's really hard to look past Leicester going in the league. If you're just going on paper, like, they're still a good team anyway. They've signed some really good players for this level. Like, Connor Cody's ridiculous. He's arguably, and I know we're not that strong in the defence at international level compared to the rest of the positions we've got, but he's arguably still about the fourth or fifth best centre-half. Like, in the England squad, give or take, even if he's the sixth or seventh, like, and you disagree with us on that championship football, it's just like, yeah, Leicester should steamroller it. Um, I think if it's not Leicester, it would be Southampton very much if Ward Prowse stays, because I think Ward Prowse is a fantastic footballer, lovely to watch as well. Um, but I'm going to tip Leicester, I've got just a gut feeling that I'll be something in second, it's just that literally a gut feeling. Um, and then we playoffs. Are going to be Bristol City because I feel like 
they were one of the most impressive teams I saw last season. I know Alex Scott's probably going to go by the time the season starts, but he wasn't the one that impressed me the most, to be completely honest. And I just have a feeling Payson's got another big season in him. Um, and I quite like Nigel Payson in a kind of odd way. I don't know why, uh, but I just do. Teams to go down, quite similar to a few people's opinions. I think Rotherham will go... Uh, I hope they don't, because it's nice to see like a team that predominantly doesn't spend that long in the championship punched above their weight. Um, they did well last season. They're obviously a strong physical team. They've got a decent boss there as well. But I do think they'll go. Uh, I think Plymouth will go as well. The manager doesn't have too much championship experience, if any experience at all, but he did do brilliant last year. I just think this will be the kind of the seasons where he learns about himself and his team and I think, you know, you look at the players they've signed and not that they're bad players, but I just feel like, you know, Plymouth will have to do a lot. The jump, although it wasn't for us, tends to be quite big. Um, I think we were like the exception to the rule last year as opposed to the regular occurrence. And I agree with Ross. I think Chef Wed, um, for no apparent reason, they've just come, like, just threw a grenade at the football club. Um, I don't really understand why they did what they did. I still probably don't. Um, I think a lot of their players are on the wrong side of 27, 28. Haven't really brought in anything that I think is massively impressive. And I just think momentum's even bigger. I think I don't think they're the worst three sides in the league. I just think momentum both ways can swing either way. And I just think, look, it's a prediction. I could be completely wrong, but I think Sheffield, Plymouth and Rotherham and then Leicester, Sunderland, Bristol City to go up um, and Hull to finish in mid-table, right in the middle. Um, but lads, thanks for thanks for joining. It's kind of weird getting back in the swing of it. We haven't done that many, and I kind of forget how to do them again. But hopefully, I remember how to do them doing two a week moving forward. But um, Brad, Dave, Ross, thanks for joining me, and uh, onwards to Sunday. Absolute pleasure, mate. Looking forward to a four 0 win. Mm. Look forward to a defeat, and then three wins off the bounce. Mm. <laughs> Looking forward to our, our point at home. There you go, neutral. I look forward to. Uh, doing the podcast on Sunday. <laughs>